0: Saying low, Apple Music. All right, welcome to another episode of the interview series. Thanks so much for checking it out. This is where we have really interesting conversations, dive into the curiosity of making music, what inspires it, and often they just end up in places that we weren't expecting when we first sat down to speak. You know, you can always expect the unexpected from an artist like John Mayer. From the first time everybody heard his music and and he had that immediate success winning Grammys and selling out arenas right out the gate, but it was very clear that he wasn't going to be an artist Who is going to be personally or creatively boxed in this is the kind of person who can step on stage and hold his own with you know one of his good friends dave chappelle it's kind of his foil in the stand-up environment he's also created this world recently in social media where he's been sort of hosting these impromptu hangout jam sessions with all kind of interesting artists and in fact the first time that i got a chance to speak to him i think we barely spoke about music we spoke about a lot of things that revolve around it and a lot of subjects that came off the back of it but it wasn't a music specific conversation i did want to try to and keep it focused on this one though because his brand new album Sob Rock is a very specific aesthetic right from the way that the album sounds all the way through to the album cover and in fact some of the things he's doing around it to make it interesting for fans as well. What is Sob Rock? Where did it come from? Who was John Mayer in 2021 and how far can we take this conversation into the unknown? These are really the only things that I came into the room with. Everything else was sort of like a game of table tennis and I don't really like playing table tennis with musicians because they have a huge amount of time on their hands during recording sessions, so they get really good at games like table tennis. I mean, I played Damon Albarn once. I got one point out of 21, and he was f***ing furious. But I'll play mental table tennis with John Mayer any day of the week. I forgot how funny I am. Well,
1: you're in show speed. Yeah. Yeah, show oh, speed. Yeah. You're, you know. you're a
0: sharp dude. I can't come in there and be all slouchy and shit.
1: Did you Did you have a thought to yourself like, oh, I'm going in with mayor. Yeah. He's fast. I better be fast.
0: Yeah, I did. I, I was exactly, you know, did a few press ups. It happens a lot, scores. though.
1: People think I'm going to be fast and then I'm not fast and then they're fast and then I'm not.
0: Yeah, but you have that same thing that like um, certain individuals have where you've established yourself to some degree as, uh, you know, a charming raconteur someone who's a, what i would consider who I, what how i referred to your manager about 20 minutes ago as a charismatron
1: oh that's and, great
0: and uh and so what happens is people tend to show up yeah, and yeah, try yeah. to out
1: charisma the charisma first tron. of all i hear the headphones and it's driving me batty okay
0: yeah and that that's actually before we go down this road and every other road to come that brings us to this room because yes. you're so in tune with this room. I didn't even pick up on that.
1: Yeah, it was, like, it was making me anxious. <laughs> it's just the headphones were bleeding back. No,
0: but I love that. The fact that, you know, it's funny, you know, because we come into a room like this and, and we've very carefully made it a set. This is not a set. This is a place you've spent a lot of oh, time Oh, yeah, in. but
1: I, I wrote a lot of songs in this room. Yeah. Yeah, right behind me. where That's where I sit and that's where I spent a lot of time not knowing what it is I'm looking at or listening to. You stare into the blankness all the time. This is the room where you just make believe, and then you stop, and you go back in there and you listen, and there's nothing. Yeah. Sometimes this is the room where you hit something and you go cancel all your plans. Oh, this
0: is this is it for now. Here, here we are. Yeah, yeah. That's the best yeah.
1: feeling in the world. Yes. Yeah,
0: but you can't. You're right. You can't turn that on.
1: No, it, it's not. But you got to show up. Just show up. You got to show up. You Just show up. That's the great thing about this building is I can walk in. Because someone will say, hey, let me play you a song in a different studio. Yeah. And I'll sit and listen. And if it excites me, I'll get up in the middle of the song and go, I'm going to get my guitar. And so you do. You have no problem inviting yourself to that wedding. No, I don't invite myself in. But I'll invite myself on the song. That's what I mean. So once you're in the room, you'll happily say, man, I could totally make this better. I, can't, I, I don't have a choice, man. That That level of excitement when I hear... The flashpoint of someone's new song. You're just They're down. not playing you a song they've had forever. This is this is. They came to get me or something. They go ahead, I yeah, want to yeah, play yeah. you
0: something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're, there's already that sort of assumption to some degree. It's,
1: yes. I th- um I think so. A little bit. yeah and, and well, that's I what I he- was gonna ask
0: you actually, which is like, being John Mayer and being somebody who's so m- musically gifted, yep, total facts, stand by it, Thank and you. also very adaptable to your environment, do you walk in the room and kind of know that people are subtly, like you must know that if you go and hang out with Sean, Sean's kind of looking at you like, dude.
1: Uh, Sean's a little different. I mean, I, I really, I think I know everything he makes. We send each other everything we make. Yeah, so yeah. I know, it's really cool, like as I sit here like, I know what, his, what he's going for on his next record. Yeah, you know, Which yeah. I, I find actually like really kind of informative for me as a musician I yeah. understand. If I can understand where the key players are going, it helps me understand where I would sit given the records I make.
0: What I love about your relationship with Sean is that on paper, it feels more like a sort of um, you know, somebody who was uniquely inspired by you that you would then try to nurture and guide, but I know that you actually have a deep friendship and there's a, there's a, there's a bro down there.
1: He's remarkable. I got he's remarkable. Mm-hmm. That's all there is to I mean, he'll send me stuff he's working on and I'll send him stuff I'm working on and we don't we don't really sugarcoat it for each other. Yeah. Cool. But he Sometimes we go cool. Sometimes we go now that's one. Yeah. He he is so honest, man. He's he's really he, you know, who he reminds me of he reminds me of George Harrison in the sense that his spirit is immovable. Yeah. And it's his Yeah and it's honest, Yeah, and that's very George Harrison to me, like I remember seeing George Harrison on the Dick Cavett show, Yeah, obviously not when it aired. And he's not pushed around by the excitement around him. Have you ever
0: experienced writer's block? And if so, what's your definition
1: of it? That's a good question. (laughs) Okay, here we go, here we go. Let's go. Writer's block is when the two people inside of you, the writer and the reader, Mm. when the reader doesn't love the writer. or when the listener doesn't love the player. And so writer's block is not a failure to write. It is a failure to catch this feedback loop of enjoying what you're seeing and wanting to contribute more to it. Right. So writer's block for me doesn't happen as often as it does for other people because I know when I'm ready to sit down and go for it.
0: So you know when you are connected Mm -hmm. to that conduit Mm -hmm. in a meaningful way and Mm -hmm. you know when it's cloudy and best Mm -hmm. to sit
1: tight. Mm -hmm. And also, I don't really make records unless I've caught a new mission statement Hmm. for what the music should be, what the message should be. And once I catch that, then it's a little bit easier to write. So the reason my records are so different sort of thematically is because I just have to wait until I catch a new Feel. Script idea. Yeah. You know, I'm beginning to, to look at what I do more like a film director. Yeah. Not to be artsy-fartsy. It's
0: okay, man. I think I think concep- the idea of being conceptual is misunderstood and often maligned within the creative... That's right. The museum That's industry. right.
1: Well, because now you're asking me for the first time yeah. to articulate verbally yeah. the way I've gone at it in my head. Yeah. This, this is the very first time I've ever put into words what the process of making Saab Rock was. And, and for this one, it was... I thought about it this morning, because even I was starting to have to practice putting these thoughts into words. I think I got more out of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood (laughs) than I ever expected to get out in terms of it being an achievement, an aesthetic achievement. Um, And I thought a lot about being a director on this record, (laughs) having tenure, having what the kids call clout. Mm. If I'm working on a movie or a record, then people might want to know what that idea is and might trust that whatever that idea is is worth watching or listening to, to keep the metaphor running. I'm with it. So to me, it's like sitting down to write a movie. Oh, I have an idea for a movie. Mm -hmm. I don't hear about movie writers getting writer's block. I just hear about them picking different projects
0: I think so, they probably do. I mean, I think Barton Fink. There's a great example of that. Scriptwriters do definitely go through that. But I think what they have is the opportunity to lean into characters. That's right. Whereas wow. you know, there's this whole idea of being of being in the music arts. Of of like, if it's not a real representation of the pain or the feeling you're going through at any given time, mm-hmm. how are we supposed to connect with you? That trade is a
1: lot. Well, what if, what if you don't know it's real while you're doing it? That's the part I and love. And then you listen back and realize it's real. And that happens
0: all it's the happened time. Happened on this
1: record. I thought I was joking. <laughs> I thought I was kidding.
0: Oh, and so did I when I saw the cover. But you sent me the record before I saw the cover on you, the album title. Yeah. So let me give you a little bit yeah. of a twist on the tail. You were kind enough to send me the record with no title, no nothing, no art, no nothing. So I put it on and I'm like, wow, all right, John's doing some soul searching here. And then I see the title and the album cover and yeah. I'm like, okay.
1: Good. Good. This is the barometric pressure mashup here. This is how. Are we
0: looking at the puppet now? Uh-huh. Like, what are we doing
1: here? Like, uh-huh. why are
0: we looking at this when it sounds like this? Okay, so I'm coming at it from the wrong angle that most people are coming at it from, and I'm confused. Good. You know?
1: I've done this for long enough that the idea of just a single layer offering doesn't excite me anymore. I mean well, by that you up.
0: mean 10 beautifully constructed songs about heartache and resolution and then presented in a way that perfectly represents that is not the move. you got the songs, you've already got the songs on Sub Rock, mm-hmm. the songs
1: exist. The, the songs the, were written before I went in the studio. Exactly,
0: the narrative is there. The script. Close your eyes and listen to the songs, there's one narrative. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is that to follow that narrative all the way through mm-hmm. does not excite you, you like to put that narrative to one side and work out how I can subvert uh, or create yes. on top of that.
1: That is correct, Right. so w- when I was making the record, the idea was that I was getting somewhere if I laughed. Right. right. Not because it's hilarious and it's insincere and it's jokey, it's unexpected. Hmm. Yeah, we laugh when when a, when the a sentence ends in a way you don't expect it. Just the, the song that explains this the most is Why You Know Love Me on the record, which is funny in the sense that it is So blatantly beautiful and sappy, and it's like this late 70s kind of, you know, all the names, you know. The lyrics are brutal. I've never written more brutal lyrics in my life. And when I would play it for people, they would laugh because it's like, what... what are you doing? And actually, then sort of go like, stop it, right? It's like this umami flavor where the, musically, you're on a sailboat and lyrically, if you really break it down, it's really, really intense. Because
0: here's what I can't understand about that song, and, I need, and, and this is where you're going, is that, that, is that if it just worked phonetically, why you no love me, fine, okay, laugh or don't, mm-hmm. but why don't you love me works just as well.
1: No, it doesn't. Why you no love me, is how I have spoken those words for a long time in relationship. And it is the child who, you know, it's uh. not It's not English as a second language, it's language as a second language. How do I use these words that I've just learned as a child? To, and maybe I'm, maybe it takes 43 years to ask that question, yeah. but you still ask it in the language of a child, how is it possible? How is it possible that you couldn't love me, right? And that's brutal, but it's funny as all things that are brutal are when you're an adult. <laughs> Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. And for me, I wouldn't have finished that song if I thought it was a joke. I, would have given, I don't have the balls to carry a joke that far. But what was really interesting to me? Remember the hunt for red October. Yeah, they're speaking Russian. Yeah, for the first like five minutes,
0: and then it just becomes broken. <laughs> and it
1: flips; they're speaking English. Yeah, so that you don't have to read subtitles the whole time. Yeah, but the implication is they're speaking Russian the entire time. Yeah, there comes a moment in Why You No Love Me where you get it. Yeah, and it's not broken.
0: Yeah,
1: and it's it's not flawed and it makes the most sense you could ever imagine. So I haven't heard that language as wrong since well before I ever recorded it. Whenever I wanna write a big song, I can't. A big song meaning spatial. I wanna write about outer space. I wanna write about the- big concept. The, the, the huge, glacially large space inside of the heart when it misses and this and that. Got it. And that's when I get writer's block because I try to put put the put, put basically a song to fill the entire galaxy. Mm. And I've never gotten a song that way. But if I write a song about something the size of a glass of water, and I do it right, I notice a week later it's got the universe in it. (laughs) Right?
0: Beautifully put.
1: So I'd rather have the universe in a glass of water than try to make a glass of water fit in the universe. And, and, and that's why I, I stay home a lot instead of go to dinners because everyone's trying to fill the universe up with one glass of water. And I go, listen, we would have a better time if we picked a, a microscopically small detail and worked that for an hour and a half or two hours, you know?
0: I love that. Um, There's a line, I don't know why it, just, it, it it reminded me of a line in the album, which made me laugh, but also made me really, like, that's dialed in. Which was hurt me once.
1: Yeah. Remind me of the first line. Hurt me once, I'll let it be.
0: Hurt me twice, you're dead to me. Yeah. Hurt me three times, three times makes you makes family. You family. Mm-hmm. Yo, I fucking love that line. Mm-hmm. It's be- true because it what it does is it creates this infinite loop of pain and hurt. Because whenever people say to me, "Well, you hurt me too many times, you're dead to me," it's that like, we're done. It's not. It's never the end. No. That- in fact, we hurt our family the most.
1: The and look, this is also part of getting older: is to not create bonds with scar tissue. Scar tissue is a wonderful way to bond with someone if you're looking to just bond, yeah. <laughs> but without any regard to how or who it is yeah. you're bonding with. And that's you know, w- there are people who have hurt us enough times; they somehow join the legacy gang. I don't think anyone is going to figure that out in our lifetime. That's how that works. Suddenly, like, you know, the person who hurt you the most, you go, she's with me. (laughs) Wait, we've been through a lot, (laughs) you know? Um, And as you get older, you learn not to uh, build relationships off of the connective tissue of sorry, of hangovers, of morning afters. And as you get older, you go, be good to me from the start. Because nothing to certain people, and I have a, 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 a kind of a disposition for this. Nothing feels better than someone stitching up a wound they made.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: There was something more intense and more actualized about someone saying, I'm sorry I did that to you. That felt like love times a 1,000. Mm-hmm. And now, and I think this is everybody, you get to your 40s, you go, I, I wanna hear someone say, I would never do that to you. I think in your, when you're 28, that's not very sexy. When you're in your 40s, that is the language that I think people start getting attracted to is, I just wouldn't do that to you.
0: You know, when I hear these songs on this record, right? It shouldn't matter, but it does.
1: Uh-huh.
0: That to me is like, I'm gonna say it, classic, male. Like you. you just write these songs that just have this perfect story to them. And you sing them in a way that is so in awe of the song. Like, it's like you're in awe of the song. Not of yourself, but of the song. Like, I gotta present this Mm -hmm. in a way that it deserves to be presented. Mm -hmm. Which a lot of people, when they go in and belt it out, they take it away from that, Mm -hmm. I think. You seem to truly understand that the song is separate to you.
1: Ah, okay. I will agree with that. I am making the little world that I then get to stand inside of and sing. Yes, Yeah. yes. And then, if it's really good i'm in an, I'm in enough of a sort of separate headspace while I make the record that once it's done, I can hear it for the first time. So I'm listening to Saab rock like a fan. I listen to the record i li- I pick one song a day and just go six times into it. I love that because I can't believe it's me. It should not matter, but it does. I wrote in my head. It was the only song I never wrote down. I just knew how I would just work on it in my head and stand in the shower huh. and work on the song. And then I went up and wrote it up in the studio in Montana, I wrote it in an, in an evening. I just put it down. And I didn't, I thought it was nice. OK, it's nice. Normally, the first song you write for a run is like the pipe clearer. Right. It's all right, you know. Yeah. Um, and I went through a lot of iterations while we were recording it, from kind of electro to super synth heavy and Is this a drum.
0: theme? Did you do a lot of versions of a lot of songs on yes. the record?
1: Yes. This is the record where I had 10 songs locked. These are the 10. My record before, which was the Search For Everything, to me suffered because the door was open to it the whole time. New songs would come in, old songs would go out. So there was probably a version of that record that would have come out a year earlier that would have been a little more focused. So the new rule was, these are the 10. Now what are they gonna be, what what clothes am I putting in? If you wanna write another one, it's for the next record. (laughs) Right, 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 right. right. And (laughs) so it just became, this is my script. This is my movie. We're not going to write a different scene from a different movie in this movie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it was really about going in and recording it and listening back to it and asking myself the crucial question, do I believe this? Or is this full of sh-? you know? Or does this really carry out what I think the vision could be for a record like this? And it shouldn't matter, but it does. ended up after that, that maybe the fourth run at it, not the fourth take, probably the 400th take, all in, but the, but the fourth, fourth set of clothes. Yes, the fourth set of clothes was acoustic guitar,
0: yeah, vocal, the f- out the way. one synth, bass, get, and drums, oh. and that's kind of in a way that
1: album. That's live. That that performance is live. That the acoustic and the vocal are in the same microphone. Even the pads in that song. That's so subtle. That's Greg Fillin Yeah. Doing voicings on an old Roland, you know, yeah, JX8P, yeah. yeah, like only he could do. So yeah. this is where I go back into once a time, once upon a time. Yeah, you can get actors who can in a movie who can communicate something like they did in the past, yeah. so that you understand what kind of movie you're watching. Yeah, and I felt very much the same way. Like, get Greg Philangaines instead of get someone to do Greg Philangaines. And that song, if you key in on what he's doing on the synth, it is orchestral where it never gets, and this is the game, this is the whole sob rock game. gets sweet, but never sappy. Yeah. it's This record is like demonstratively sweet and luscious and melodic and colorful. But it's never to the point, and I like to teeter on that line. Where
0: you overcook it. Where
1: it gets cloying. Yeah, yeah. And where I'm trying sturdy. too hard to make you
0: feel something. And by the way,
1: it's easy to do if you're doing quote-unquote 80s music.
0: Well, especially when you have a guitar at your side and you're known for being able to go on there and knock out a sweet 32. Right, and what's right. great about this album is that you touch it. The way you treat that is the way everybody treats the album. That's right, it's like a, that's right. a brush stroke here, a brush stroke there. you know what? I'm gonna use it. I don't know if I use it anymore. I'm just gonna go there. go beautiful plate, like beautiful plate, like first of all, the chinas excellent mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. make the pasta yourself, serve it up, delicious Evol truffle
1: mm-hmm. that's it, yes. Now the kitchen like is four messy. Ingredients. The kitchen is so messy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have been shut down by the health department for how <laughs> messy the kitchen is in this metaphor. But it, the better a writer you are, yeah, is when you can, is the better you are at separating how messy the process is
0: versus the beat from how clean you know the yeah.
1: plate's gonna be when it gets yeah, walked yeah, yeah, out. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, 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 yeah. So let me ask you mm-hmm. this
0: then, you've got this album of 10 songs lovingly put together, you've shown real restraint, you're in a reduction process in order mm-hmm. to create the perfect mm-hmm. 10 song record. That is record, correct,
1: It is a reduction process.
0: Which in its very essence, by, by the nature of the format and the way you've done it is a very 80s move, because I'm thinking two sides of vinyl, two sides of a cassette, five yes, and five, correct. perfect. Yeah. Then you come out and you go as far, and we touched on this a little bit before, but not satisfactory enough, I think, for everyone who loves you to really know why you decided to dress up like Don Henley and -hmm. call it Sobrock.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. The idea of Sobrock is that it might have been something that already happened, but when you go looking, it's not. The idea (laughs) of Sobrock is to implant false memories into your brain. That's what it did for me. So it's a little black mirror. So this is so familiar to me. Why can't I find it on the internet? You can't find it. It's out of my brain and it's out (laughs) of everyone's shared Mandela effect. (laughs) Okay. And the question is, can you have memories (laughs) of things that never happened to you?
0: This is the best answer ever.
1: Can you have memories of things that never happened to you or that might've happened to you, but you were too young. Can you? go back in time and synthesize a piece of work that's so true to the era that when you hear it, your brain goes, no, 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 We've, this exists. No, 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 I'm gonna find it. And you can't.
0: And then you subversively plant these new feelings. And Correct. S- what the f- is wrong with you, dude? Correct. You're a monster, I love it.
1: Why you no love me? It totally when plays. When I hear it, I can't quite see the memory, but I'm almost there. Totally plays. It's my Grandmother's house and and Gumby's on TV and it's all so it's like is it a dream is it a memory can I find it so for me I don't I don't feel you're awesome anymore I don't feel those words I don't feel God you're great yeah I feel now and I think this is because of Dead and Company someone's telling me they went somewhere because of what I did mm. so when someone tells me the memories that they've had. Mm. While this music is playing, like I would do playbacks over Zoom for different uh, partners and business partners. Hey, (laughs) so-and-so, it's me again. Can you jump on a Zoom? Uh, And and people would be in the chat, like a typed chat, and while the record was playing they would just start going, this reminds me of this, or this reminds me of that. Oh my God, I wanna to listen to this on this island with this person, this is this part of my life. This is a John Hughes movie I, I saw.
0: You're creating memories through familiarity.
1: Whether they're real or not, maybe you're recalling clear.
0: That is loud and clear.
1: And people are, when people tell me where they're going because of this record, It's like that started when people came to me after Dead & Company shows and said, because of your music, I'm able to take my son or my daughter or because of your music, I'm able to listen to the music that my friend and I, who's no longer here, used to listen to. I'm only here for transportation.
0: Well, you're a really fascinating case because on the one hand, you've been one of the most long lasting contemporary figures in modern music. And yet I don't chalk that down to your albums being in one trend or another or following any... They've st-
1: always been out of the trend, actually. Yeah. When, I, when I made my first record, I was told, look, it's not what's hot. Yeah. What and a great that, thing to be told at the beginning, by the way. Oh, it's, 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 I would just get my spirit crushed. <laughs> look, this is what's hot. P.O.D. Yeah, Papa Roach. But I'm serious. Looking you know, back on it long-term, thank God you got hit with that realness early on and well, came through the other so side of I'm it. I'm trying... What I would love other people to understand is that there is no more reason to have to adhere to any given idea of cool, especially post-pandemic, which for the first time in anyone's lives, yeah. stopped the clock on hypermodern day trade of culture. And so for me, I went, oh, I don't have to do anything I don't want to do. And in fact, I can make a record that's in some way provocative, if not antagonizing, right? And then I did what I thought was going to be antagonizing. And this is the most important part of the conversation, I think, creatively. You may just have to dress up your intentions to make something different and call it by a name that no one else is going to call it after it's made. And for me, it was like, i want to get in trouble. I want someone to tell me this is shit. And I made a record that to me at the time, only in a way to coax something out of me that I wouldn't have normally done, post a record. It's called Sabra because it's a post, <laughs> right? But more importantly, it's what I thought was a post. And this gets down to where artists sit in front of you and play you what they think is their garbage, and you go, that's the best thing I ever heard you play. Mm-hmm. So. Well, it makes a mockery of them of the whole experience s- it makes a mockery of their interpretation of the experience all of it the which whole is trait. just enough to break out of the mold the and trait. make something unique exactly so
0: you detonated it
1: yeah and 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 the reason you have to is because i never want to be that artist who runs out of paint colors and begins to just make the same songs over and over again yeah. and that's every look like if you're lucky enough to be 20 years in you do have to deal with the fact that, wow, these paint colors they want me to use, it's another blue painting. It's another blue painting with a white stripe. It's another blue painting with a white tree. It's another blue painting with a white car. So for me, I'm only interested if I get to put new paints on the canvas. And if my way of doing that this time was, no one's look literally no one's looking this one's called Sabrock because you just would never imagine that was the name of the record. And I'm going to go so deep into my fantasy, like I live. Half of me is in this fantasy all the time now, especially as I'm sort of watching the promo stuff come together. The fantasy the
0: of being able to detonate the the world
1: of Sabrock, yeah, like the yeah, world of this music. Yeah. And remember, I would get in the car to go home, and there's nothing in the world. There's just like trash blowing across the street people walking diagonal across the street And you're They're listening to wild blue. Quiet as can you're be. You're listening to mixes yeah, yeah, yeah. of wild blue. Well, yeah.
0: Like what fucking alternate
1: contrasting uh, reality
0: am I in right now? I was
1: actually in dead quiet because by the time I left the studio every night that was it, right? Yeah. And I'd go to bed and I'd wake up and I'd go Okay, let's use this freshness and listen back. Yeah. I go right back into the record yeah. and it would tell me what's not right and I'd go I'd listen all the way to the studio and Don was would say, "Johnny, what are we going to start with? And i go, this and that and that and that and that, and I would just go in all day. Because to sit and work on this record was the only shot at a reality that I had, that I wanted to be in. We would all meet up in this studio, put the music back up, and that was the only access we had to happiness yeah. and joy. Yeah. And so, Sob Rock is made to make you feel joy because it was made in a moment where joy was at such a premium that I was laughing if something sounded good. I, I was thinking this morning like, the best response to music I can think of right now is ooh. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that'll change, and later on when things get better, you'll want a little more intensity. Uh, you, you want a, the music represents the life you don't have or the life you have not enough of. So everything related to sob rock is meant It's not, I I, I promise you, it's not meant to make me bigger or more anything. But what is very interesting is to make a record that is already a world unto itself because of the music and then buff it out with what people experience on their way into or around the record. And the more that people can listen to the record or or look at the associated things and go, ooh, (sighs) there is a fine line between got it and ooh. (laughs) right? Just like movies. You're either watching a movie and you're going, that cop's not a cop, that's an extra. (laughs) Or you watch a movie and you go, no, 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 it's the cops. It's the cops. Get away from the... It's a very thin line between somebody coming along with you on the magic carpet ride or someone else going, I got it. I know exactly what the carpet is and good for you. I think I'm going to stay here. Mm. And so far, because of the way the music is calibrated, it seems like a, a a magic carpet ride people wanna go on. And to be responsible for the magic carpet ride is more interesting to me than to be the carpet. And I, I, I just wanna be the 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 ringleader of that thing. I don't need, I, I said once the dead thing really kicked in, I went, I no longer wanna be the thing. I wanna just have access to the thing. Yeah. If you make yourself out of stardust. Well, that must have myself.
0: been a beautiful experience because in that environment, you don't have a choice because the dead is was always the thing. Yeah, it's
1: like being in Star Wars.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. It's exactly. like being a new you're not character you're in McGregor. Star Wars. You're right. in Star Wars. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> you, you get to be in Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, totally. And then you learn. it's kind of more fun to be in Star Wars <laughs> than to be here McGregor. than to be: Yeah, you and McGregor in a different movie where you're just yeah, the star yeah, and yeah, it, you know yeah, yeah. So I get so much more out of being a part of a world. or really it's like, you know, we're talking before the record has come out. It's about three weeks before the record has come out. And it's a big empty amusement park. Yeah, And we're still yeah. hanging up banners, yeah. and testing out the rides. Yeah. John May's new album, Saul Brock, is out now. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. John
0: Mayer, everybody. Brand new album is called Sob Rock, yeah? A little bit deeper. As it always is with John Mayer. It always goes a bit deeper than I think people think. Handsome, talented person comes out, sings those kind of songs. I guess I figured him out. Yeah, I think he's still figuring himself out. Really enjoyed that conversation. Always do. Until the next time, make sure you add a rating or a comment. Follow this series. We'll be back again soon.